Hey everyone, I'm Chris Hadley, and welcome to another edition of the Viewfinder Podcast. Starting with his first web series, the award-winning drama Blue Collar Hustle, actor and filmmaker Alanjay Hawes has taken a poignant look at the complexities of life for young African Americans in the post-Obama era. Now he goes even deeper with his second episodic project, Black on Both Sides, beginning its first season exclusively on web series platform Sika TV. Powerfully exploring issues of post-traumatic slave syndrome, pan-Africanism, and the challenges of a so-called post-racial society, Black on Both Sides examines how the social demands and professional expectations of the predominantly white corporate world force African Americans to live behind a veil of deception, one where they must create a supposedly acceptable yet inauthentic public personality for their employers at the expense of their true selves. As he did with Blue Collar Hustle, Hawes also stars in, writes, and produces Black on Both Sides. He also directed the show's first four episodes. As for the character he portrays in the series, Hawes plays Anansi Moore, a talented young sales representative for a thriving wireless retail company. On the verge of a major job promotion, Anansi earns the opportunity to be on the same plane as his demeaning and overly racist bosses. Attempting to balance his faux businessman side with that of the true identity he's lived with his entire life, Anansi begins a relentless search for entrepreneurial success that could very well give him everything he ever wanted, while costing him everything and everyone he ever had. Black on Both Sides premiered earlier this year at the Minnesota Webfest, and is also the first project in a production partnership between Hawes and Sika TV co-founder George Reese, who co-executive produced the series with Hawes. A Netflix-style platform for independently produced digital content, Sika TV aired Blue Collar Hustle for two seasons, and the service is now the exclusive home for Black on Both Sides. As Hawes details on this edition of the Viewfinder podcast, Black on Both Sides is another project that uses storytelling and relatable characters not just to entertain, but to authentically chronicle the modern African-American experience for generations of audiences. Here Hawes discuss that mission and more now on this week's show. Now, what is Black on Both Sides about? Black on Both Sides, um, the plot is about a young man, a young African-American male, who is attempting to move up at his job, uh, attempting to move into upper management in his job. And he's doing so for a dual purpose. Uh, he's doing so so he'll have access to more power within the company. And he's also doing so for a secret motivation. Uh, what he's trying to do is he's trying to uh, get close to the CEO of the company so that he can better cover up a scheme uh, that him and his fellow co-workers are, are doing at the job. Who are some of the other major characters that Anansi encounters in this series and who plays them? Yeah, his cohorts are uh, Henry Gilscott Heron, who was played by Julian Robinson, uh, Maya Patterson, who was played by Kiara Woods, um, Nandi Chisholm, uh, who is his cousin, who was played by Shawnee Hawes, who is my sister. The CEO of the company is Cyrus Alexander, who is played by Scott Peeler. And there are also two very unscrupulous individuals <laughs> who Anansi has dealings with. Saul Matthews, uh, played by Quentin Williams, and Quintoni Mason, played by Roberto Cruz. And you've worked with some of these people before on your last show, Blue Collar Hustle. 
Yes, yes. In some capacity, I worked with all of them on uh, Blue Collar Hustle, correct. Now, as far as the um, supporting cast of characters are concerned, could you go into a little bit more detail about who they are and how they relate to Anansi? Yes, absolutely. Um, so, again, his his cousin, uh, Nandi Chisong, um, played by Shawnee Hawes, um, she's his, his close confidant, um, very, very good friend, as well as his blood relative. Um, also, his best friend is Henry Gilscott Heron, uh, who also works with him, who's kind of a Nazi's right-hand man, uh, the person who he can trust to get the job done and, and set up what they're setting up. And then there's a new employee who is uh, Maya Patterson, who's played by Kiara Woods, um, who just got brought in and they brought her into the fold uh, of what they're doing. And again, what, he sh- what Anansi's trying to do is Anansi's uh, basically trying to ingratiate himself uh, into the upper echelon of the company and the CEO, Scott Peeler, who, um, who's played by Scott Peeler, named uh, Cyrus Alexander. Uh, that's the CEO who Anansi is trying to get close to. And the reason he's trying to do it, like I said, he has a dual purpose. He's he's trying to ingratiate himself into the company and make it easier for him in his plan in his his plans, but he's also it's also a plan of a personal there's a personal vendetta, uh, which is not revealed yet. But it, it connects him and Cyrus in in a way um, that is very very personal to a Nazi. What inspired you to create Black on Both Sides, and in what ways have your own life experiences? influenced and inspired the creation of this show? Uh, a lot of things inspired me to create Black on Both Sides. Coming from uh, Blue Collar Hustle, I, I wanted to challenge myself. Uh, a lot of people just thought that I was going to do uh, Blue Collar Hustle forever. Uh, they were talking about third, fourth, fifth seasons. And um, I believe that uh, everything that has a beginning has an end. And so I, I kind of wanted to move on from Blue Collar Hustle, challenge myself a little bit more and, and, and write a deeper story. Um, also, Black on Both Sides is is a lot of it is based off of both myself and a lot of young black men and women uh, who are attempting to move up at their jobs uh, who really have to do what we call code switch. We have to be two different people. We have to speak a certain way. We have to act a certain way. We have to present ourselves in a, in, in a certain way in order to have a semblance of acceptance. And also, I want to tell a story from a more kind of pan-Africanist uh, point of view. And what that means is uh, that means, uh, in a nutshell, black people trying to do for black people, um, black people trying to come together uh, and start their own, and using that as the basis for equality, being able to to do their own together and have their own together. How did those experiences in your life influence the show's overall story arc and the characters that you created for it, including the one that you play? Uh, well, first and foremost, my relationship with my father is a really big anchor. Um, I had a really close relationship with my father. My father was a very strong individual. Um, my father was 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 very intelligent. My father was very adamant in us having uh, knowledge um, of culture, knowledge of black culture, and not just black American culture, but black African culture as well. So, if you look and you and, and you look at some of the characters' names, uh, they're influenced on either um, African American historical figures, or they're based in, in African folklore. So Anansi um, is a West African uh, trickster god, Anansi the spider. And, you know, when you think about that, that really goes into Anansi playing a dual role, um, tricking the people that he's working with, acting as if he's one way when he's really another. 
Um, you have Henry Gill Scott Heron, who's based off the um, author and poet Gill Scott Heron. You have Maya Patterson, who's based off Maya Angelou. Um, you have Nandi Chisholm. Um, Nandi uh, is a African name, and Chisholm is the last name of the first woman to run for uh, first African American woman to run for president. And for personal experiences, um, coming from retail-based electronics and uh, having worked in the past um, in upper management, uh, there have been a, there's a lot of things that have been said to me, a lot of attitudes um, that I kind of had to 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 kind of bury in my quest to to move up and in my quest to to be accepted um, within those circles. So a lot of it is based on that as well. All eight episodes of Black on Both Sides are titled after seminal works of literature written by great African American authors like Maya Angelou's "I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings." President Obama's The Audacity of Hope, Zora Neale Hurston's Their Eyes Were Watching God, and W.E.B. Du Bois's The Soul of Black Folk. As a storyteller and an actor, how did those books and the issues explored in them impact your work on Black on Both Sides and the way you examined the issues covered in this series in dramatized fashion? Well, first and foremost, I wanted to pay uh, homage to those who came before us and who, and who kind of paved the way for me to be able to tell my story, for me be, to have the freedom to, to even tell my story, for me to be able to dare to tell my story. And so growing up, having uh, read a lot of those works um, when I was very younger, like I said, my father had me read a lot of those works when I was, when I was very young. I felt that uh, they had thematic resonance with what I was trying to say, uh, because a lot of things that they were speaking on even back then um, have a lot of cultural and social relevancy to today. So when we talk about I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings, we're talking about a book that, you know, to its core was about, was about a woman's quest for self, um, self-awareness uh, and freedom. So when I had that episode based on Nandi and her quest for trying to free herself of, of an illness that really um, prevails itself amongst the African-American community, which is sickle cell anemia. Um, also, when we have Shadow and Act, um, it was written by Ralph Ellison, who also wrote The Invisible Man. Uh, it's really about, at the core of it, it's about Henry uh, Gill Scott Heron coming to terms with uh, who he is versus who he views himself and how he, what he's been told he is and the lineage he told he's come from, you know, and really trying to all his life live up to that. Um, Audacity of Hope, uh, that's an episode that I'm really proud of. And when it comes out, I'm, I'm, I'm really proud for people to see it. It's actually my probably I feel like it's the best thing I've ever written personally. And it really just comes down to hope amongst the black community and what we can do, uh, I feel, to foster greater unity amongst the African-American community. Without going into spoilers for these next eight episodes, how will those novels, in terms of the way that they express the themes that are explored in Black on Both Sides, tie back to the show's portrayal of what we've been talking about, which is the show's exploration of racial identity clashing with quote-unquote proper corporate behavior, pan-Africanism, millennials, post-traumatic slave syndrome, and the overall quality of life for African Americans after Obama's presidency. What those, uh, what those book titles, uh, what they refer to um, as we go further into the series, um, they really are going to get deeper into uh, referencing uh, what I feel leads to unity, what I feel leads to pride, uh, what I feel leads to a greater understanding of self and self-worth amongst the African-American community um, and what I feel we need to do to have a better tomorrow. You know, no black boy, no black girl is is wakes up one day and says, I want to be a criminal 
or I, I feel like I want to do something that's illegal uh, in order to survive or in order to get ahead. And so I place these characters in a position specifically where they're doing the wrong thing for what they feel like is the right reasons and, and to explore that. So as we get more towards the end of the season, it's all going to come to a head and, and you're going to see exactly what it is that they're doing and why they feel like it's for a greater purpose, but also why they're trying to get away from it because they understand and the Nazi more than anybody understands that uh, it's finite. You know, the, there, there, has to be, there has to come an end to that cycle uh, if we're going to rise up. Having made your last web series, which we talked about, Blue Collar Hustle, how did that experience prepare you for making Black on Both Sides, and in what ways did you apply that experience to the production of your new show? Working with actors, um, working with actors' expectations, um, and just closing that with my own expectations, and seeing that there is a vision that I have um, that I really want to get forth, but also... When actors read a script, they may see something completely different. And that doesn't mean they're saying something wrong. And really, it's just about marrying those two visions and making something that is cohesive. So with Blue Collar Hustle, it was my first project and me writing everything and me, and me acting in it as well. I directed a few episodes, but I didn't direct everything. With Black on Both Sides, I directed every episode myself. So just growing as an artist and being able to relate to actors and being able to relate to their vision, they come to me and they say, hey, I feel like my character would do this. And I could either say, well, you're absolutely right. And if you want to play it that way, let's try that to, well, no, and let me tell you why. Because there's a deeper, there's a deeper vision for what I have going on here right now. So really just about, just about being, able to, being able to talk to actors being able to talk to actors, being able to relate to actors, and being able to get my vision across in a way that makes sense to them and myself. What was the production process like for Black on Both Sides? It was, uh, it was very, a lot of it ran very smoothly. Um, we had a few hiccups, um, but we did uh, pretty much the same scheduling as we did with uh, Blue Collar Hustle because a lot of our actors uh, work nine to five jobs, um, just as I still do. Um, and a lot of our actors have different schedules. So what we did was, uh, number one, I did a lot of the directing early when we had rehearsals. So we had rehearsals twice a week. And that's when I really let them know, hey, this is what I'm looking for. What's your feedback? This is how I'd like you to say this line. Um, I'm married to this line. I'm not married to this line. I'm married to this kind of way of delivering. I'm not married to this kind of way of delivery. And then when we, so when we shoot, we shoot once a month on weekends. So Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we'll shoot um, 10 to 14 hour days. And it can go very smoothly because in rehearsal, we already uh, went over everything. So pretty much when it comes time to say action, we already know what it is that we're, that we're trying to accomplish given a scene. I'm also very fortunate in the fact that uh, I, have, I have worked with these people before. So we kind of have a, 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 an unwritten language amongst us that's easy for us to be able to communicate with each other. And you also have the advantage of working with George Reese, who is the founder of web series platform Sika TV and the co-producer of Black on Both Sides. You work with him to bring the show to viewers as part of an exclusive production agreement with that platform. Talk about how you first joined forces, what it's been like working with George and with Sika TV, and how George has helped you to grow in your creative career. Uh, working with Sika TV, honestly, has been a godsend. It's been probably one of the most rewarding experiences that uh, I've had as an artist, um, as a business person, 
um, and as a human being, honestly. Um, I came across George Reese when he was first trying to, uh, right before Sika, it was, it was maybe two months before Sika was scheduled to launch, and we had only three episodes of Blue Collar Hustle left, and I was looking for uh, independent platforms to host the channel uh, because I had ambitions beyond YouTube. Uh, I knew that we were going to first come out on YouTube, but I was looking for a platform uh, that was really about independent content creators. And Sika was like the perfect marriage because Sika is pretty much Netflix for independent filmmakers. And so when I reached out to him and he reached back and was very excited about the content, he said, hey, we're looking for content and we really are looking for diverse content and we're looking for unique voices. And I feel like you have that. So when Blue Collar so debuted on Sika, uh, we were one of the top shows on the platform. And then when season two came out, uh, season two was the first time that we, we, we went into any type of kind of business agreement. Uh, because for a couple months, uh, Blue Collar Hustle season two uh, was exclusive to Sika. I think it was, it was a period of three months. And when Blue Collar Hustle came out, um, it was the most viewed um, debut and the most viewed series on the platform um, when we first debuted. So that was that was very exciting for both George and myself. So when they came to me for and we kind of we kind of pitched to each other you know he was looking for exclusive content because exclusive content is kind of the golden child of the streaming wars going on right now and as more and more platforms for independent content creators come up seekers looking to always innovate and be a leader in that so when i had a i had a new show to pitch and you know they had an idea for exclusive content we met in the middle and so uh, i sent george the initial outline for black on both sides and he was very excited and he was like, hey, you know, um, my, my daughter uh, did a play uh, and a Nazi was in it. And, you know, I think this is a really cool idea. So he, he basically was like, hey, let's, let's go for it. I said, OK. And um, really, it's just about with, with George, even though he's an executive producer uh, alongside myself on the show, uh, he really understands what my vision is. And, and there's really 100 percent creative control on my end, which is the most important thing, being able to tell my story in the way that I see fit. How is partnering with Sika TV on both Blue Collar Hustle and Black on Both Sides impacted you as a filmmaker overall? Well, number one, anybody who has any type of belief in you and has any type of belief to put any type of backing, whether it be financial backing um, or, you know, just kind of supporting you um, in promotion or marketing, anybody has any type of belief in you enough to put their name on what you're doing is a very big confidence booster and it lets me know that what I'm doing is worthwhile. You know, every artist, even though a lot of times we're doing this for ourselves or we're doing this to fill a medium that we feel isn't filled, we there's still a level of validation that's good to have. It doesn't necessarily mean that that's what you're seeking, but when you get it, it lets you know that you need to keep going. So especially for us independent filmmakers, a lot of times we're funding a lot of these out of our own pockets or our families are helping us fund it, or our friends are helping us fund it, or the community is helping us fund it, you know, just to have that stamp of approval from, from somebody that's coming from a bigger entity than you, or a potentially bigger entity than you, it means everything in the world for you to keep going. You know, when I'm up at 5 a.m., 6 a.m. writing scripts, or when I'm up rehearsing lines, or when I'm looking over the shot list for directing a scene, or, you know, when it's 7 p.m. and we've been up since 6 a.m. just shooting, 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 you know, Sometimes everybody's going to look up and wonder, am I doing the right thing by putting all my time, energy, money, thoughts, effort into this? So for Seeker TV to say, we want your show, and not only do we want your show, we're going to provide 
backing for this show and we want this show to exclusively represent us, it really means that I feel like I'm on the right path, me and my team. You definitely are, especially as evidenced by how well the show is produced and the great storytelling, the great level of storytelling and acting that's exhibited in both Black on Both Sides and your previous show, Blue Collar Hustle. I was very impressed by it, especially by the first episode of Black on Both Sides. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. It, uh, it, really, it really means a lot, especially coming from you and, and Snobby Robot. Before I even started Blue Collar Hustle, when it was just a twinkle in my eye and I knew I was going to do a web series, you know, I was looking up different publications and, and different people that I could reach out to. And, you know, you and Snobby Robot were one of the first that came up. And when I when I read the site, I was really impressed by the level of detail that you guys put into the work. So I was like, if I could just get on this, like, that's the first thing that lets me know that, you know, I'm I'm good. You know, I'm, I'm good. I'm on the right path. So, you know, just you, you have no idea how, how, how much of a confidence booster your initial belief in, in me and the, and the storytelling is and has been, honestly. I really appreciate that, Alonjay. Thank you so much. And I know Eric Ertz, my editor for Snobby Robot, does too. Thank you. Thank you. Now, how can Black on Both Sides and shows like it help people to better understand the real-world problems that each character deals with in each episode and to cope with those problems as seen through the overall experiences of their lives? I believe that when people, especially especially African-Americans who are still an, an underrepresented um, minority when it comes to film and television, even though we are getting better, uh, we're getting much better. I believe there are still a lot of stories to tell and a lot of stories that haven't been told. So when those of the African-American community view the show and they see, you know, their lives put on display, their pain, their struggle, their sacrifices, and they're also their goals and aspirations. When they see it, it'll be something that they can relate to, something that they can appreciate and something that they can say, okay, this represents me. And it's not just one way. It's not just one stereotype. And even if we have a stereotype, there's, there's a meaning, you know, to that stereotype that makes it real, you know, that makes it palpable. And also to other communities, um, any community, with white, Asian, any community that you can name, um, I want them to be able to look at it and I want them to be able to see that we are all humans at the end of the day. And even though we're all of different colors and creeds, we do have similar goals, aspirations, and we do have similar things that we strive for. You know, it's not just African-Americans, you know, that have a bad boss, you know, that have to deal with a bad boss. You know, it's not just African-Americans that have to deal with racism, honestly. And I've had a lot of different conversations with people of different colors and creeds that have told me about their struggles. You know, and tell me about what they go through and what they've been told and how it made them feel, you know, and in some way, you know, we can all relate to that. And I feel like, honestly, the first thing to do is to accept and to just say, okay, people aren't lying. People aren't just talking. This is something real that happens in a community or in the community. And if we see that this is something real and we accept that, then we can go more towards togetherness. We can go more towards harmony. We can go towards more teaching the next generation, what we all can do to be better versions of what we are now. By watching Black on Both Sides and, of course, Blue Collar Hustle, a lot of people can better cope with their situations just by seeing how the characters deal with theirs. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And and, and I do believe that. And at the end of the day, what I want to give is I want to give a sense of hope 
um, to the African-American community. Uh, there's a lot of things that have been going on in our community in the last couple of years that have been very devastating, honestly, and, and, and very hurtful, and also raises anger amongst a lot of us. And so what I want to do is I, I do want to give through all that. I want to give a silver lining of hope and I want to give a silver lining of things can and will get better. And finally, to add to that overall, what do you hope viewers take away from watching Black on Both Sides? I hope they take away the fact that the African-American experience uh, is a unique experience, but it's also an American experience. And whether it be good or bad, it's an experience that cannot be ignored. Uh, we've given so, so much to the fabric of this country that I feel like it would be disingenuous to ignore what we have to say, you know, and black people have something to say and we need to be listened to. And if you listen to the black community, I believe that you will find an answer, not the answer, but you will find an answer and a key to progression in America. Once again, my thanks to Alonjay Hawes, the co-star and creator of the new Sega TV web series, Black on Both Sides, for coming on today's Viewfinder podcast. You can follow the Viewfinder podcast on Twitter at ViewfinderPod and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Viewfinder Podcast. Check out the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcast. And please invite your friends to listen. I'm Chris Hadley. Thanks for listening. (music) 